Welcome to Timeless Truth with Pastor Jim Thomas, a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. This week in our study of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we'll be giving our attention to chapter 5. To find studies on other books of the Bible, you can search our entire sermon library at thevillagechapel.com resources. Our hope is that these studies will equip us to think more biblically in all categories of life. Now, here's Pastor Jim. Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee with your daily devotion. Walking through Ephesians in chapter 5 today, taking a section right out of the middle, uh, verses 7 through 12. Perhaps you have a Bible and want to turn there. If not, just listen and I'll read it uh, uh, slowly enough. You'll be able to take it in. Uh, verse 7 begins, Therefore, and remember, whenever there's therefore, you always ask, why is it therefore? And he's he's really connecting what he's about to say with everything he's just said. And he's just gone through this uh, exhortation for us to be imitators of God, uh, to be beloved children of God, to walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself up for us, uh, an offering and a sacrifice. And so it's a completely different way of thinking than the the, the rest of the world around us that teaches us to simply be self-obsessed and, and self-oriented and self-centered in every way. And we ought not to do that, the Apostle Paul says. He says, therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. I love That's a great image, isn't it? For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So occasionally the Apostle Paul says it'd be good for us to stop and look at the fruit of the life of the persons who are telling you live this way and and walk this way and do things this way and think this way. Occasionally it's good to stop and just take a look and see if what you see in those folks is goodness and righteousness and truth, the the true, the good, and the beautiful. Do you see it on display in their life? Are they, as they talk about the way that they suggest you live, do you actually see it working in their lives? That's a great, um, a great way to frame everything. I think right there in verse nine, verse ten, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, and that's there's an eagerness there, isn't there in the. And the whole idea of trying to learn, you're actually looking forward to studying God's word, looking forward to prayer time with the Lord where you can hear from him, looking forward to fellowship time with other believers where you can sharpen one another uh, in matters of faith. Verse 11, and do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And that's the end of uh, verse 14. I I know I took a couple extra verses there, but I figured that kind of went together with what we had just read, so I wanted to keep going. Back to verse 7, though. Don't be partakers with them, he says. Wow. So we do have some choices. We don't have to become partakers with them. He wouldn't tell us that. 
if it was impossible for us to resist. He says, don't become partakers with them the way they think, the way they act, the way they view and treat others in the world, uh, the way they respond to God himself. You see, a yes to God does mean a no to other things, um, the ways that this world thinks and acts apart from God. If we say yes to God, we're saying no to the way the world thinks and acts apart from God, or as if God doesn't exist, or as if God doesn't matter. To return to God means we'll need to turn away from the self-centered ways this world trains us up into. And then he goes right into using these metaphors of darkness and light. And he says, you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And here's another great example of Paul's excellent pedagogical tool chest. He's got all these different things he can do, these different ways of teaching or methods of teaching, if you will. And here he teaches by contrast, darkness and light, kind of before and after. You were formerly darkness, but now in Christ, you are light in the Lord, it says. This is something that God wants to do in your life. I don't know if you you know, are going through a period of darkness or a period of chaos uh, right now, but the Holy Spirit, when he regenerates us, when we become followers of Jesus, believers in the gospel, we are placed in in Christ. Christ is now in us and we are in him. We are more than God's creation. We are now his children, sons and daughters of the king of the universe, creator of everything that exists. Children of God's light need only to turn to him and step out of the darkness, out of the shadows, turning away from the thoughts and the deeds of darkness and step forward into the joyful freedom found in the light of God's grace, mercy, and peace. Hmm. I love and often quote the uh, 19th century uh, preacher named Charles Haddon Spurgeon. You probably have heard me do that many times, but he he does, a friend, a friend of mine actually sent me this quote this week, and I thought, oh my goodness, this is going to go great with my my uh, this episode of uh, Timeless Truth. He said, our churches, Spurgeon, this is again all the way back in the 19th century, our churches are the Savior's golden candelabra. And if they are to be lights in this dark world, they must have much holy oil. Let us pray for ourselves, our ministers, our churches, that they may never lack oil for the light. Truth, holiness, joy, knowledge, love. These are all beams of the sacred light, but we cannot give them forth unless in private we receive oil from God, the Holy Ghost. Mm, so true. Um, and I think so often with religious institutions and organizations, even with our worship services, we're really just kind of rearranging all the elements on an altar but there's no sign of holy fire in sight. And we're just doing religious stuff. Um, we need the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Uh, we need the light of Christ at work 
in our lives. Perhaps you remember reading in the creation account all the way back in Genesis 1, right? One of the very first things that God created, it's, uh, I believe it's verses 3 and 4, where it says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Hmm. I wonder, do you need the light of the Lord again? Do you need him to dispel the darkness and chaos uh, in your own heart, mind, or soul? Will you turn to him? Will you listen for his voice saying, let there be light? Will you trust him to do what really only he can do? Will you focus your attention on God through prayer? And will you fill your heart, your soul, your mind uh, with the light of his word that is already within your reach? Light really is such a beautiful thing, whether it's up in the dark night sky or in the twinkling, light, twinkling lights on your patio at home. Uh, we have some of those set around there because we just love those kind of lights. Light is awe-inspiring. It's beautiful, isn't it? In addition to light being beautiful, though, I wonder if we're aware of just how essential light is in our lives. I can think of a, a bunch of different ways. As a matter of fact, I went online and, and made, just gathered from different articles, made a bunch of different ways that we use light in our own day and time. Way before, you know, or way after the time of Charles Spurgeon, way after uh, the time the Apostle Paul wrote the letter to the Ephesians. But look at how how important light has become in our day and time. Photosynthesis, for instance. We now understand so much more about that. Uh, the way that it's involved in food formation and growth of plant life. Um, uh, light is involved in the, the pacing of our sleep-awake cycle. Uh, it helps guide the circadian rhythm uh, of human beings, but also plants and animals as well. Uh, you can see plants sometimes when you, when you place them in a in, in part of your house and there's light coming through the window. It le- those plants sometimes will lean in the direction of the light that's coming through the window. Uh, light is used for temperature regulation. It brings warmth uh, where it's much needed in, in many different settings. Light is used for drying and evaporation. The water cycle is how fresh water on the Earth's surface is kept recycled for drinking and irrigation. I mean, it as, as water evaporates up into the sky, then comes down later in the form of rain. We need that to keep happening, that process. Um, microscopy, spectroscopy, and phototherapeutic and laser therapies of all kinds. Again, Spurgeon knew nothing of this or not much of that, and um, neither did the Apostle Paul, but look how important it is, how life-saving light in those categories can be uh, life-saving for us. Light signal beacons on board ships for communication. Now, both the Apostle Paul and Spurgeon might have known about this. I don't know with the Apostle Paul if they had some kind of a candle in a box and they they opened up a, a shutter or something so they could signal to different ships on the horizon, lighthouses or shorelines, uh, serving as geographic markers and, and, and warning ships, approaching ships of the shallow waters that might be around them. Um, headlights and taillights in your in your car. Notice how important that can be. Street lights in our neighborhoods, stage lights on a concert, uh, flashlights for household use, floodlights for home security, um, reading light, uh, 
for for sheer enjoyment of, of reading a, a great old book. And the light, if you're watching this on YouTube, the light that is used to be able to get these images to you where you can actually see them. You know, the ancient Jews, all the way back in Paul's time and before, loved light as a symbol. Um, the ancient Greeks loved knowledge, and the ancient Romans loved glory. We always hear about the glory of the Roman Empire. Well, the Apostle Paul wrote to his friends uh, living in ancient Greece in, in the city of Corinth. Some of them were Jews, some of them were Greeks, and some of them were Romans. And in his second letter to the Corinthian church, uh, chapter 4, verse 6, he says this, light shall shine out of darkness. Hmm. And the God who said that, the Apostle Paul says, is the same one who uh, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. You see how this all ultimately, this image as Paul uses it in Ephesians chapter five and as he talks about it in 2 Corinthians, it all comes back to Jesus who is the light of the world and to Jesus who is the source of light. William Barclay said, here is the great truth that only when we see things in the light of God do we see things as they are. It is only when we see things in the light of God that we see what things are really important and what things are not. And Paul joins Jesus and all the other New Testament writers to summon us. Let's walk in the light. Let's live in the light. Let's dance in the light. Let's invite others to join us in the light of God's grace, mercy, and love through faith in Christ Jesus. And even in the Old Testament times, the author of uh, Proverbs, most of them written by King Solomon, um, the way of the wicked is like darkness, he said. They do not know over what they stumble. That's happened to you before when you entered a room and it was pitch black, no light on at all. And even if you're familiar with it, sometimes you find yourself stepping your toe on stuff that you, oh, you should have known that ottoman was going to be there or that floor lamp or, or that that little toy you had, that your, one of your kids had left that toy there or something. And uh, we need light just to navigate physically. And we also need it to be able to navigate spiritually, don't we? Um, the psalmist, who whomever it was that wrote Psalm 119, it's the longest chapter in the entire Bible, in verse 105, he says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Mm. A lamp unto my feet shows me, helps me assess where I'm currently standing. And the light unto my path is as if it's, it's a light saying, go this way. Walk. This is the way. This is the path for you to travel in and walk. And that's what the word is for us. And that's why we spend so much time studying through books of the Bible here at the Village Chapel, and here on the Timeless Truth podcast as well. Timothy Savage has a book called The Church, God's New People. In it, he says, called out of the world to be a light in the world, to be a united family among the disunited families of earth, to be indwelled by Christ himself to be the apple of God's eye, to be graven on Christ's hands, to be the glory of the image of the Holy Trinity, to be an embodiment of the infinite love of the cross, to be a collective portrait 
more beautiful than any other in the world. That is the church, the local church, the new people of God. Let's seek to be that. Let's respond to Ephesians chapter 5 here. And uh, as Paul has called us to step out of the darkness and into the light of God's grace, mercy, love, hope, and peace, and all that is on offer to us through the person and work of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that you have brought light into the darkness of this world, into our worlds and our hearts and minds. Pray this day, Lord, that we would indeed turn to you. And just as on a, a sunny day, that warmth of, of sunlight feels so good on our face, Lord, uh, for all that it can do for us, I pray indeed that you would shine the light of your grace, mercy, and peace into our hearts and into our minds. May it purify us. Uh, may it also warm us that we might look more and more like Jesus, tender, uh, loving, caring, humble, gentle, patient, kind with others this day because the light of the gospel burns brightly in our hearts, falls freely from our lips, and is seen visibly in our deeds and our acts. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's study. Take a moment to leave a review and share this episode with friends and family. You can stay connected by signing up for our newsletter or follow us on social media. At the Village Chapel, we believe God's Word is unique in its source, timeless in its truth, broad in its reach, and transforming in its power. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com.